welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. It's almost Equinox. It is almost spring Equinox. I am so excited. I'm so excited. The time just changed. So before we, before I went to bed last night, I did have to remind you because every single time the time changes, we end up messing it up. But not this time. Yep. This time not we got this it. time. We both got it. Yes. Because I never have any idea what time it is. So yeah. No. Well, also daylight savings time is complete baloney. So there's no reason for you to be able to keep track of that off the top of your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someday we won't have it anymore. But Equinox is like my favorite favorite I like both equinoxes but spring equinox mm-hmm. has to be my favorite I just oh, love really? spring equinox Aww. yeah because I love being awoken by sun and also going to sleep while it's still sunny <laughs> okay okay <laughs> that's an exaggeration I don't typically go to sleep while it's still sunny like I can usually wait like like 45 minutes after it's been sunny yeah exactly exactly I'm like uh it's 8 30 sounds good to me (laughs) yeah spring equinox is not my favorite but I it's mostly just because spring brings allergies and I hate allergies so oh yes true But I am embracing spring equinox this year because the um, friends in my little, like my little pod of people, they wanted, um, my friend, he wanted to make pasta primavera. And he was like, primavera means spring. So like it's for the spring equinox. And my other friend was like, she's like, what's a spring equinox? And so I was like, oh yes, I celebrate the spring equinox. It's also called Ostera. And they're like, wow, I'm learning so much today. That'll be great. I once did like a whole entire Ostera thing that involved writing on an egg. I think it might have been Ethany's like Ostera ritual. Oh, yeah, I think ritual. so. And I think that I still have the egg somewhere around here. I should have buried yeah. it. Maybe I did bury it. I had it on my desk for way too long, though. You like, did have it on your desk long. for a while. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make lavender and lemon cookies to bring. And Good just because idea. because I love lemon. And lavender yeah. would be a nice little spring touch. So I'm excited. Lavender and lemon shortbreads. I made a couple of flavored shortbreads for some office party. Like this had to be now three years ago, maybe two. <laughs> Ugh, it's hard yeah. to keep track. I can't even remember what it was for because, well, it doesn't matter, but it is very springy. I also did one that yeah. had chamomile in it, which makes Ooh, a great yeah. shortbread. Add some just like blended up chamomile. So good. Mm. Mm, Such a good option. What a fun spring thing. I made some cookies yesterday that were molasses and ginger, and I did not like them that much. It was not that great of a recipe. So maybe I should also copy you and make some some herbally shortbreads to make myself feel better. Yeah, I've been craving like lemon a lot. And I was like, hmm, lemon and lavender for Ostero could I think. Yeah, so. That sounds so good. So it's like my first official Ostera like celebration, I think, because I just kind of pass on it sometimes because it's just springtime and I'm just going to be allergy ridden anyway. So why am I going to (laughs) welcome this stupid holiday? But this year I'm trying to embrace it. So we'll see. Yeah, I basically only do solstices and equinoxes. So that's why I'm so stoked for it. And all of my citrus is like blooming. We have all these bees. It just feels so festive. I'm so into it. I love it. I know. So happy, happy, happy equinox, everybody. Happy spring equinox and autumn equinox for our down under friends. Oh, that's true. That's true. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) I just was like, oh, wait, they're also celebrating the opposite. So yeah, well, that's cozy. You could probably do some really good shortbreads for autumn equinox, too. Maybe some Earl Grey. 
Ooh, yeah, Earl Grey would be nice. Yeah, I'll take it. Ooh, maybe I'll do lavender and Earl Grey. And then, ooh. Yeah, we have some baking plans. Lady Grey has more of like a vanilla in it. So it'd yeah, be like a I nice don't have any, lifting. but I could get some. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. And Me you're too. in charge of card of the day. <laughs> I am in charge of card of the day. I got the plastic edition of the RWS because I'm obsessed with plastic decks and it's giant. It's like full size. Tarot Whoa. Deck. Where did you get it? So um, U.S. Games in a ploy to produce as many RWS decks before they lost the copyright <laughs> produced this. <laughs> so I bought it. Smart <laughs> so. move. It's, I think, my only copy of the actual RWS that I have. Like, I have, well, I have the... Um, Mini Centennial. Centennial, yeah, Centennial ver- version. But, like, the actual, like, original copy, this is the only one I've ever had, so. Wow. Fact. That's yeah. fun. And now you can take it into water with you. Bars, I can, bath times, we are <laughs> going to get funky with it, so. I'm Gosh. Super a year ago, one of my friends was have was supposed to have her bachelorette party in Joshua Tree, and oh, right. the whole entire theme was like, sort of like Lisa Frank, like sparkles, all of yeah. this stuff. So I got the Lisa Frank deck printed in plastic so that I could yeah. bring it into a pool, basically. And of course, that <laughs> got canceled because I think that it was planned for like this weekend a year ago, like the middle, right. of, the end of April or the end of March, twenty twenty. So yeah. I still have the plastic version thinking someday we'll need to be able to bring this into a pool. <laughs> exactly. Ugh, I just like plastic cards. I hope more people expand into it because I'm obsessed. I think that there's like some, I think the conflict with it is that some people have really huge moral uh, problems with plastic decks mm-hmm. over paper because paper is more recyclable. But honestly, most tarot decks have too much coating to be recyclable right. anyway. Like there's already right. plastic coating on the cards. So in that way, the plastic de- the plastic decks themselves do not have more destruction as like part of their creation or disposal process as other decks. I mean, I don't know that to be sure. Right. Well, and I also wonder if you could do like recyclable bottle with plastic decks or something like to reuse it in some yeah. way instead of like creating it anyway. A whole other, it's a whole other podcast wildly eco-friendly with Esther and Holly. Sustainable. <laughs> But also, we can't ever do that podcast because Esther would literally never sleep again. If she had uh, no, a no, I'm already having problems sleeping. I cannot. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm having to, <laughs> I've already muted so many things on Twitter and Facebook. Can't, I had to live with that. Oh, I'm it's sorry. Horrible. I shouldn't so. have even mentioned it. You're it's fine. I'll be okay. I'm not going to spiral in podcasts. It's fine. Okay. So, card of the day. <laughs> Getting back on topic. Uh, While well, we all spiral out of control. Three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> We can't help the world the way we want to help the world, Esther. I know. The three of swords. God. Oh, no. But I I shouldn't have brought it up. (laughs) You poisoned the well, Holly. (laughs) Uh, A 
Okay, a good thing about this okay, episode well, is going to be... the pain. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. A good thing about this episode is the Nine of Pentacles. So we're going to redeem this there Three of Swords as the Nine of Pentacles. It's all good. <laughs> See, uh-huh. Esther just did the sneaky thing that I've started doing whenever I'm doing anything that might be... Like, I did a, a tea... Re- no, a coffee grounds reading thing right. with some friends and just via Zoom. And because of this podcast and all of my tarot and Lenormand work, I was like, while I was doing the procedure before you send the image of your coffee crowns, I was like, oh, yeah, give me something positive to share. (laughs) (laughs) So my reading was super positive. It was really great stuff about travel and us and like all of this fun stuff. And people who didn't sometimes got a little bit more stressful of readings. And I was like, it's okay to say tell me something good yeah <laughs> that's yeah. okay you're allowed exactly. to and i love that like tell me something good about this episode tell me something good about myself you can ask that it's okay yeah it's helpful and it saves you some anxiety exactly you don't always need to know the truth that's es- what we're saying <laughs> especially when you get the three of swords after just talking about environmental impact <laughs> <sighs> okay okay we're cool we're cool we have the nine of pentacles it's all cool now okay Exactly. Exactly. We are doing as much as we can. There you go. Exactly. If we can't. Okay. We're moving on. Moving (laughs) on. This first question is from Mina. And Mina says, I just received a message from my therapist who I've been in treatment with for about six years that she suddenly has to take a medical leave. I knew she was sick, so this is not expected, but the message came about an hour before our scheduled session, so this was rather abrupt. She does not know how long her medical leave will last or even if she can return to work. She has given her clients the option of taking a break from therapy and waiting for her to return, see another therapist at her practice, or move entirely and seek out a new therapist on her own. I'm at a loss of what to do. I have seen other therapists in the past, but all have failed me in some way. She's the only one who ever asks the right questions to get me to that difficult place where healing happens. I am wary of going to another new therapist. It's an exhausting and frustrating process. I have a cocktail of mental health issues, but I am high functioning and not in any danger. I can feasibly take an extended break from therapy and be fine. I like to take care of my mental health because it's an important aspect of getting through life. Everyone should go to therapy. I'm a big supporter of therapy for maintaining overall wellness. What should I do? Wait and see if she recovers and come back to her practice? Seek out another therapist and start all over with treatment, which has the potential to lead me on a wild goose chase as I try to, as I try out different therapists to find someone who is right for me? Or is there something else entirely that I could be doing that I haven't thought of? I really wish I could talk to my therapist about all of this, but I'm hoping the cards will have some guidance in the next steps. I should take on my ongoing mental health and wellness journey. Okay. So basically the question really comes down to like path forward stuff. So maybe we should pull for uh, waiting and pull for like what the uh, new new therapist selection process could look like. Okay. Okay. So first we'll go with waiting or do we want to take you waiting? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, um, we can both just pull. I don't care. Whichever your preference is. Why don't we just deal with one thing at a time? We're waiting first okay. and then deal with the other wing. Yeah. Okay. And then depending on where that leads us, we can also do like what you can do while you're waiting. Waiting. Exactly. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. If waiting is the option, what would waiting look like? Okay. So what did you get? 
I got the star and the seven of wands. Interesting, because I got the magician and the emperor. Huh. I think the waiting makes sense, but just kind of prepare for a little bit of conflict about it. Like you're going to not feel super, super great about waiting, but you have sort of the tools right now already to be able to make that and the optimism that you know that this person is right for you. Like the star is sort of like the hopefulness that everything will be okay. And then you have such like powerful sort of like in control cards for it Mm -hmm. that it seems like totally something you can manage, but it just is going to take some like self authorship, I guess. Right. Yes. It's, It's like definitely like a waiting in the interim and you definitely like have the structure to do so you have the tools in your hand to do. So your therapist has already prepared you ahead of time. So you kind of, know Mm -hmm. the path forward in your own sort of way and can um be like that autonomous sort of person at this moment and it's just you know like with especially the star as well in this whole mix it's like very much like waiting is a good idea for the moment yeah let's pull cards for starting to find a new therapist just to be safe and then if that doesn't seem as supportive as this sticking it through then we can um, go back to like what strategies to take while waiting for your therapist to return. Yeah. Okay. So what a new th- finding a new therapist would look like. Oh, oof, 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 oof. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Don't like it. <laughs> what did you get? I got the three of swords and death. Oh my, I got the eight of swords and strength. So just basically just be you the whole time and it'd be horrible. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that it would be the right move. I think it would be really painful and very, very difficult. And you would not feel like you were making any progress with your mental health at all. If you started the search for finding a new therapist. Yeah. Especially like you'd feel trapped almost in your own self because you've made so much project progress with this therapist that Mm -hmm. kind of like going back into those like going you're kind of like recessing and sent and like in essence like you're just kind of going backwards instead of going forwards and breaking free from old stuff so yeah totally all right let's pull for strategies to wait out this health crisis from your therapist okay strategies What did you get? I got the King of Sword and the Lovers. And I got the Ace of Swords and the Nine of Wands. Oh, I like that Ace of Swords and the King of Swords. Yeah, totally. That's really, that's really nice together. For Lovers, I always, it, to me, it's like remembering that you always have a choice in this matter. Yeah. And that if something comes along later where your therapist may come back and say, oh, I, I can't come back. Well, for you to then determine, like, you're not stuck at this, like, self um, like the self-determining like therapy sort of waiting yeah. session that you always have a choice in the matter. So and be I think aware that of that. Paired with the nine of wands is also sort of like encouraging you to think about where your resiliency limits are. Like mm-hmm. maybe right now it is the, not a good option to try to start finding a new therapist. That's why you got so many negative cards, right? But maybe considering like rational 
touch points that you can create for yourself with both of those swords, the King of Swords yeah, and the totally. Ace of Swords, about what point you have to ch- decide again. Mm-hmm. The decision again comes in with the lovers and also the Nine of Wands, since that's kind of about like resiliency and personal strength. It's almost like you can assess if you get to a point where now you really need to search somebody out. Right. But in the short term, just keeping your eye on you know, waiting for your new therapist or for your existing therapist to return is a good option. But then also like using your established skills and like mental acumen to decide like maybe at what point you'll need to revisit it. But for now waiting is a better option than starting the search process immediately. Yeah. And putting those goalposts ahead of time is very emperor-ish and being like, okay, so I've approached this goalpost and I need to start looking for a therapist or a solution now. Like instead of it kind of creeping up on you and surprising you, like sometimes mental health um, issues like that come up for me, it's like definitely put those things in place ahead of time instead of like waiting for that moment to come around. So Yeah, exactly. I think that that's totally true with all of the sort of like personal ability stuff that came up with this in the first, when we put first Mm -hmm. four cards for it, it really does feel like if you can sit down now and say, here's, this is the point at which I would need to speak to a therapist. If my therapist is not available, then right. Then I will X, Y, Z. But until then just kind of relying on established skills. Yeah. Fine. Definitely seek therapy. We love therapy too. Yeah. <laughs> Although I refuse to go. <laughs> yeah. It's not a refusal, but mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. Like, how do you find someone? Yeah. It's scary finding someone. It's like, honestly, mm-hmm. especially, you know, pandemic season, you're having to do, it almost seems like extra work instead of just being able to show, show up at a, you know, a practice or ask someone who their therapist is. It's yeah. Hard. So I, I applaud Mina for, like being very intent on having good mental health and yeah, continuing yeah. that. And that's where the emperor comes into play so much yeah. too. It's just yeah. like you setting your boundaries and yeah. sticking to them. Creating exactly. structure for yourself. Yeah. And finding someone new may not be for the moment, but it's definitely like always a consideration that to keep in mind. Yeah. Just not now. Yeah. For the not moment. right this minute. Yeah. Well, good luck, Mina, and good luck to your therapist. That's yes. scary, oh, and that I hope scary. she's okay. Yes, me too. Cool. Okay, so Artsy, Artsy submitted a self-admitted, incredibly long question. <laughs> <laughs> so I will not read the whole thing, but the gist of it is that Artsy is an artist who has an interest in portraiture specifically. She's always sort of, like, struggled with... Um, people associating her artistic pursuits with some mental illness that she had in her teens or that she, I guess, identified in her teens. And so she began, she began to associate creativity with a loss of control and she's only recently started picking up art again, but she gets really easily discouraged um, because of that. And also because she has a grandparent who is like an incredibly talented artist. And so it's hard to not make those comparisons but not doing art is really tearing her apart. Like she yeah. can't walk into an art store without being upset that she got so close to being an artist and then stopped. Um, so she, her main question is how she can live her purpose as an artist 
Uh, she has been pulling the nine of swords a lot for how to live her life's purpose. And this question was submitted, I think maybe like two or three weeks ago. So I don't know if anything has changed since then, but since she's gotten the nine of swords twice with two completely different decks, when asking about life's purpose, she would like some more clarification on how to live her life's purpose. And then also some structural decision-making sort of questions about how to increase art skills, um, like formal training or self-teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we'll start with the life purpose more generally, and then we can do yeah. the formal teaching versus teaching yourself thing. Um, right. I, I know that it just like from a personal level, I know that it can feel really, um, affirming to have professional training for any sort of artistic thing. But we know so many artists Mm -hmm. that are incredibly talented in all sorts of mediums who taught themselves and didn't need art school to get them there. So Mm -hmm. I think that maybe right off the bat, like maybe it would be more helpful if we talked about that first and then how to live life's purpose. Okay. Like maybe frameworking it as increasing artistic skill and then how to live life's purpose might be okay. better. And I'll just even note, say that like just the first person that comes to mind is Charlie Claire from Fifth Spirit Tarot. They did yeah. not think that they had any artistic ability at all until they began to draw and they made a whole fucking yeah. amazing deck. So like, don't With feel beautiful portraits of people that they love. Like, yeah, it's like, amazing. Especially if when portraiture is something that you love so much Mm -hmm. and like you know that you can get lost in someone's face I mean it almost feels like going through a more former formal art program where they're gonna it's gonna be like this is a conversation I have with my students a lot (laughs) like especially when they're trying to add a second major or a minor or whatever and I know that art school is different but there's like a curriculum when you do formal Mm -hmm. training and if you already have an idea of the things that you want to be doing a curriculum isn't necessarily the best way to get that information because no. the curriculum was designed by a series of faculty members to be the most broad ranging mm-hmm. way of getting information and training. And so if you know that I have like, again, with my students, a really good example is our gender and sexuality studies program has two minors, one in feminist studies and one in queer studies. If you are interested in taking all of the classes in the world that focus on like queer representation in media, that's not going to complete that minor because that minor still has theoretical classes that focus more on the like overlap with feminist studies. So sometimes it can be more beneficial for your own personal growth to -hmm. strike out on your own and just do those classes that appeal to you rather than trying to adhere to a curriculum. Mm -hmm. And in some ways I feel like that could also be really relevant with art school specifically, because I know that for, I I have friends who are professional artists um, who went to college with me and did like majors in art and they had to take all kinds of like, you know, metallurgy classes Mm -hmm. when they're actually painters or ceramics classes when they're actually painters. And yeah, those are fun and they're getting a lot out of it, but it wasn't necessarily increasing their, skills and what they ended up focusing on. Right. So I think that saying like, how can you increase your art ability would be a good place to start. Yeah. And then we could talk about life's purpose more generally. Yeah. I concur. I like this a lot. Awesome. Yay. Art advancement or artsy. 
advancing their craft. Oh. Okay, interesting. <laughs> what did you get? I got two difficult cards. I got the nine of wands and the seven of wands. Okay, and I got the nine of cups and the king of cups. Okay. At least for my cards, you're you're just going to have to, I don't want to say like fight for it, but it's something where it's not going to come easily, whether it's this, the doubt in your head, that creativity, like it's something you'll have to deal with. Like, I think that's going to be the, the big yeah. thing. Well, and I think maybe that also comes from a place of doing it. Like, so you got the nine and the seven of wands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like the nine of the nine, having two nines is kind of interesting. Cause I do think that that sort of is indicating that there's already a lot of strength there. Mm-hmm. Like, the nines are close to this sort of completion of the progress. And you're talking about emotions and action. So you're already pretty advanced with this Mm -hmm. adding in sort of the conflict of the seven of wands, but also a card like the King of cups, which is so established and powerful. I think that that leads me even more to the idea of being self-taught and kind Mm -hmm. of using your emotional side and your emotional strength that you've developed over years of working on that to create a little bit more of a action plan because the seven of wands doesn't necessarily have to be like it's chaotic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still is like sort of a powerful position to find yourself in. Yeah. I think if it were the five of wands, I'd probably feel a little bit different. Those are both kind of chaotic wands energy. Right. But the seven of wands is much more, Like I am in a position of strength in a way that I haven't been before. Mm -hmm. And I think that because artsy talks about some um, like mental health issues, having the King of cups come up here too is sort of saying like lean on the strength you've created for yourself and realize that you're coming from a position of more authority than you think that you are Mm -hmm. and that you've already established a lot of like abilities to do this sort of thing. And it might be tiring because you're not being led through it by somebody else. Like maybe that's where the nine of wands is coming from, but it's also really affirming because you are allowing your own strength to take the forefront, which could be the nine of cups is position. Like yeah. it's going to be more tiring because p- people aren't telling you exactly what you need to do, but also more fulfilling because you're able to sort of do what you love more. Yeah. And with the seven of wands here, you have more of a sure footing and you can be your own person and determine your own like path in this creative bubble that you've made for yourself. Like you don't need that. um, Like the nine of cups for me is that like, you'll still get the acknowledgement of your craft because it's still going to be yours solely, but it's, it's going to take some like on your end of things. You've been able, you can use your tenacity that you've like collected through the years to be able to create something fulfilling for yourself. You don't need the affirmation from others to do so. Right. And I almost think that maybe the King of Cups, in addition to being sort of some self-power, it could also be 
sort of a position of a mentor. So rather than like formal education, maybe like an apprenticeship sort of thing Mm -hmm. could help alleviate some of the sort of personal stress of it. But I also just think this is going to be a mostly solitary activity because of that seven of wands. Like the seven of wands being there feels like you're really in this position of power and you're really going to sort of be in charge of creating this stuff for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting. That means that you don't have to rely on other people. Mm-hmm. And you'll still get the, like I said, the acknowledgement at the end of the day of your craft because it's, you're going to make something beautiful. That's why I always think of the Knight of Cups. Like, they're very proud yeah. of what they've done and created and that you're going to have yeah, that same exactly. feeling at the end of the day. So Totally. Uh, okay, so then I guess the follow-up question is how can you she best live her purpose? And I think part of it is that, and I don't know if I said this at the beginning, she has like a office job that's semi soul sucking. So that makes the, the desire to create art more difficult to manage because you have to have this job and Mm -hmm. you're not getting that energy out through the job. So that's where sort of like the impetus for like, how can I best live my soul purpose comes into play. What did you get? Um, guess who came back? The lovers came back. Not the three of swords, but the lovers came back. Oh. And the hanged man for me. Okay. And I got the princess of pentacles, so the page of pentacles, and the ten of pentacles. Okay. I think at hanged least. Hanged man and lovers. For lovers, I think it's making a choice and then waiting for it. And like, there's going to be a waiting period and there's going to be a learning period and a different perspective sort of period. I think like once the choice is made, don't expect something to happen overnight. Don't expect that of yourself, especially with the princess of pentacles. Like it's a new thing in your hand. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And that new, like not adventure, not indenture, new, Venture. There endeavor. You go. <laughs> endeavor. There you go. That's what I wanted. Endeavor? <laughs> endeavor. <laughs> you have a new endeavor in your hand, essentially, with this Princess of Pentacles. And then with the yeah. Ten of Pentacles, you will get to that space of Ten Pentacles. Like, it's going to be yeah. Especially with that Nine of Cups, it's so perfect. Like, Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I just think that you're totally right. It's like, like the choice thing with the lovers is there again. Mm -hmm. The hanged man is always so interesting because I think like maybe it could be for like very specifically in this situation, like holding your horses and not trying to quit your job right away Mm -hmm. until you feel a little bit more established and just kind of like if the pressure has been taken off to return to art school or whatever, because you've decided that it's going to be something that you work on solo, then there's less of a pressure to up and change everything immediately, which gives you more time to live in that sort of page of pentacles energy of like embarking on a new venture. And then I think also maybe with the 10 of pentacles, I think I'm getting some, like a tiny bit of that grandma energy. So rather than, and you Mm -hmm. even, and artsy even says like, she feels her grandmother there with her. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's a competition thing, but she and her grandma even is encouraging her to find her own artistic style, but maybe leaning on that legacy a little bit as you sort of make this transition to living your whole, like most full life is like, think about what she did and maybe try to emulate something that she painted or like find a similar, like if she painted a family member paints that same family member, like lean into that yeah. legacy a little bit as you're going through this transition. 
Because I think it could help you strengthen some of your own goals if you like allow yourself to be part of this artistic family rather than feeling like the outsider just because you don't have formal training and have a different kind of job now. Or I even think like inviting her into that space as you create. So if you know that she liked a certain style of music or had her coffee a certain way, like even just setting up her picture, like in a, like a specific altar area, kind of like honoring her and inviting her into that space with you, I think would also help open and not even like if you don't believe in ancestors or not, or that connection, but you're already kind of opening yourself up to her energy and what she meant to you as a person. Yeah. So like honoring that before you start the practice, like of the painting or something like including her in that may be beneficial as well. Yeah, totally. Totally. Good luck, Artsy. And Elsie, yeah. you're welcome to paint my portrait whenever you want. <laughs> I will happily yeah. sit for a portrait. Yeah. Love it. So awesome. Much. Okay, oh. well. Those are two big questions. I know, two really big questions. I love it. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe we need to take a quick water break. Yeah, I know. Do you I'm have like, a drink on your table? I have an iced coffee. That is not the same as water, my dear. Oh, no, but I, I chugged water, like, earlier, so it's fine. <laughs> All right. I just have to, because I always need to be bossed into water, I always feel like I need to boss other people into oh, water, yeah. too. I'm okay. <laughs> I had a whole All right, big so chug. Patreon. Yay. We have a new Patreon supporter this week. We appreciate your support so much. Yay. Our new Patreon supporter is Taylor. And I actually thought we had two, but I think one of them isn't showing on the list because they're UK. She's not showing there, but maybe we still pull a card for her. I'll do one for her. So Danny is our potential Patreon supporter. The I love it. Says, it says, yeah, the $4 level. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. Danny, your card is the Queen of Cups. All right, Ooh, Danny. Love that like for that. you. And I will pull a card for Taylor. Taylor. Let's see. I'm trying to get that three of swords energy out because I keep like pulling it to myself. So it's okay. It's okay. It's oh, okay. no. <laughs> what is happening? Okay. Taylor, your card is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The Knight of Swords. Ooh, I like oh, swords. I kind of like a Knight of Swords sometimes. We can do that. We need like a sarcastic yeah. Knight of Swords sometimes in our lives. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, our only announcement is just about our book again. We're yes. so excited. We are looking, we're like, it feels like finalizing stuff. Yes. We're at the tail butt end. Yes. The butt end. The and butt it's the end. exciting part because it's like fully a book and yeah. we are creating our little zine that everyone who pre-orders the book will be able to have access to and it's a secret right now because we haven't finished it but we're super excited about it oh it's gonna be so Uh, good and we have all sorts of stuff going on for it so pre-order that now and that would be fantastic we'd really appreciate it and also after rereading it just yesterday it's cool (laughs) it's a real we did every time i read it every time i read it i'm like dude we really write this do i read this good like (laughs) mostly like about myself i'm like really yeah, we did. No, I love your <laughs> stories. There's one moment where Esther makes a very stupid joke. Very, very stupid. That it's every funny. single time I read it, I'm like, that is hilarious. And I'm so happy that we left it in. Yeah. <laughs> so 
this week we are talking about Numinous Tarot. Yeah! And this was one of those weird random timing things that is perfect because Numinous Tarot is currently on Kickstarter for their third printing. Woohoo! <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, we were super synchronistic with this. We did. We planned yeah. that two weeks ago or something. And it was like, Whoa. yeah, go us. I so, know. So cool. Numinous Tarot is by Cedar Wren McLeod, formerly known as Noel Arthur Hempel. And so the first two editions, the ones that we have, both have that name. Yes. Um, and they are the creator and artist behind Numinous Spirit Press. The third printing is currently on Kickstarter. So like right now, there's still a month left in the Kickstarter campaign, which is great. So if this seems like something that you'd be interested in, now would be a good time to go onto Kickstarter to support it. Um, I've backed decks from Cedar before, and they are pretty fast at turnaround time. Yes. So they're really using the Kickstarter platform just for fundraising to get that initial printing cost down. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like a fully created deck. They're not making any changes. It's not exactly. like this has to go be like a year long process. So if you're interested, definitely check that out. Um, the original deck was kickstarted in 2017. Yep. Which seems like a thousand years ago. We were such different people then, but, uh, it's just such a great deck and it is the same as that initial one, the one that they're doing the printing for now. So this is what they say about the new Tarot. The Numinous Tarot is a radical deck that strives to bring a variety of experiences to the wonderfully complex system of the tarot. Rendered in beautiful and luminous watercolor and inks, the Numinous Tarot shows the beauty of diversity in the world, from body type, ability, race, to gender identity and expression. These things are not used as symbols in and of themselves. Rather, they are to show the infinite ways that all people can experience magic and mystery, especially those who are often excluded from it. The deck is accompanied by a full-size guidebook written for readers of all levels, including beginners. Both the guidebook and card titles use all gender-neutral language. So I, I, I kind of rearranged the structure for this, but I, the level of reader that it's appropriate for, I do think that this would be really hard for a true beginner to pick up because every single thing has a name change, basically. Like yeah. all the court cards, all of the suits... I think if this was your very first deck and you realized from the get-go that this was your very first deck and there was no other comparison, you may be okay. Yeah, but that's a good like, point. If you already have like a pre-history like history with RWS or a similar system, it would be much more difficult to switch your brain around without Adapt a bit of practice. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, totally. And it's not impossible because all of it's really logical. It oh, just yeah. might take a little bit of time to kind of get there. Agreed, yes. Um, so it's on Kickstarter. It's like a 350 GSM card stock. I think that the new edition that's being released is linen finish. Yes. So that might be something to check out on the Kickstarter page. Um, but like I said, there's a bunch of name changes. So instead of swords, it's the suit of bells, which I really like. Cause there's like basically no violent imagery in the deck mm-hmm. at all. Yes. Um, the suit of wands is candles, which I also love. I love it when there are candles as a yeah. suit. The pentacles are called tomes and I cups are called vials. I know the tomes motif is really great mm-hmm. for pentacles because it r- takes the, I guess, context of it from being like a actual symbol of money to almost like wisdom slash 
I don't know, like establishment in some yeah. way. Like there's a lot of library imagery happening yes. with it, which I also love. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the court cards have been changed to mystic creator, explorer, and dreamer. And that's in uh, king, queen, knight, and page. I probably should have put it in the other order. So dreamer <laughs> is page, explorer is knight, creator is queen, and mystic is king. Um, the mystic as a king is interesting to me because mystic, I the at least from the first impression, the word mystic seems more internal. Yeah. And usually the king we associate with being more external and the queen being more internal. So that change is really interesting as far as like impressions go. I haven't like right. dug deep into the book to see if that's similar or not, but just that word change for me immediately kind of changed the tone of the Kings entirely. Right. It definitely changes the tone of the Kings because there's not as much like external power, I guess. Yeah. Although I just kind of, I think it just depends on what your idea of a mystic is. Like if it's a right. mystic teacher, then it suits more traditional Kings a little bit more. Um, but if it's like a more hermity mystic, mm-hmm, <laughs> then right. it feels less similar. But I yeah. do think that that's a really interesting point. Um, the deck itself is like incredibly diverse. Like mm-hmm. there are so many different representations of people with different backgrounds and experiences. Um, I think that this is one of the decks that people point to for that a lot because it did come out so long ago. I mean, so long ago in like the history of the world, <laughs> not really, but in the history right. of like the modern boom of like attempts at creating more representation in tarot right. decks, this deck was, you know, probably mostly created like five years ago. So there's yeah. a lot of emphasis that is really impressive, especially for when it was made, but even now of just like making sure that there's a whole lot of representation. Yeah. So yeah. So the level of diversity is really, really high. Um, and the meaning of the word numinous is surpassing comprehension or understanding slash mysterious. So mm-hmm. it's not that all of these people are human. Right. Um, but there's like a lot of sort of like diversity in appearance amongst some like more mystical sort of mythological creatures almost Mm -hmm. or people there's also a lot of humans in it it's not like it's just sort of like the fae or whatever but there's also a lot of like magic throughout all the cards yeah 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 totally i love it so cool i also like how vibrant it is because it's a very like especially for its time being so bold and vibrant like i'm saying this like it's like a like an ancient deck. Every time we say for its time, it makes it sound like we're talking about something from 150 no, years ago. No, but this is like on the, <laughs> this is on like the, f- the first sort of like wave of new tarot decks, essentially in the contemporary like yeah. timeline. And so f- for it to be so colorful, so bold, so inclusive, and for it to have that staying power now is yeah it 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 says a lot about cedar as a creator yeah that they're able to get these kickstarters just like blowing yeah. up like it is yeah. way more than 100 percent funded way over 20 like twenty five thousand yeah. dollars basically for the third printing thread what oracle thread threadbearer what's i'm like not able to maintain any knowledge of names no. today so i'm the wrong person to ask it's not threadbearer it was I don't called think. Threadbound. There we go. Threadbound. Threadbound. Yeah. So like even like their Threadbound Oracle is the same similar style. That's so cool. So, so, so cool. So. Yeah. There is a lot. It's very bright and contemporary feeling. Yes. But I want to hear about your favorite cards. 
Okay, so I guess I'll start with majors. I adore this hermit because it's very druidic. I don't know if yeah. you can see my horrible lighting here. There we go. <laughs> Esther's, Esther's my lighting, lighting is, is banana. I just want everyone to visualize this with me. Esther's in a room that is only lit on one side, so half of her face is completely in shadow, <laughs> and the other half is completely illuminated. And she really looks like a character in a movie. Yeah, I'm I am currently <laughs> being haunted and hunted by something. It's so avant-garde, our situation right now. <laughs> I know. I'm I, it's just my life at the moment um, it's just like very significantly my life at the moment okay so I really enjoyed that like that hermit representation there as like is like I said it was like super druidic their staff in their hand is like a like a rooted from the ground sort of staff that you can tell yeah. they pulled it from like um like a vine somewhere it's super super cool and it's like snow and like oh, I love it um I also really enjoy the death card because personally at all, first of all, it looks like the person is actually dead. Like their face huh. is like pale white. Like you would have a dead person's face, but there are like eyes everywhere and there's the pentacle behind them. And I just like, I have not looked at the meaning for all of the cards yet because this is a deck you kind of want to study spend intensely, some time spend with, some time yeah. with, but I really enjoy like the eyes there. Like you definitely get the sense that it's just more than just like, this face and the death that's permanent here. There's like a different seeing aspect to it. I'm really, yeah. and all the cool. flowers make it really cool too. Cause it does feel sort of like, I don't get the impression that that's a dead person at all. Oh, that's so interesting okay. that you do. Maybe it's just the, it, the lighting in here. Makes it dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that we just have different interpretations of it. That's yeah. Fine. Maybe there's vampiric. I'm not sure. Yeah. But. That's kind of more of the vibe that I got from it, but I like yours too. Yeah. Yeah. So I also, okay. So the creator of vials, I love them. The purples and the greens, such and a good all card. of the cards, I mean, all of the colors and the holding of like a, like a gold heart in their hand is really, really pretty. It's just really gorgeous card. And the creator is the queen and vials is cups. So it's the queen uh-huh. of cups essentially. And then the explorer of bells. I love the way that their armor is like layered on their body and the, with like the fairy wings behind them. It definitely yeah. makes it like an other creature, especially with it being essentially like the Knight of Swords. And then the, like the, wisdom I don't know if it's like the spheres. wisdom kind of radiating. It feels kind of like radiating. third eye. Yeah, yeah exactly. very much so. Like yeah. radiating wisdom. Yeah, it's so, so, so cool. I, I just like the look, the art on those cards are it beautiful. Okay, so I really enjoy the five of candles because you can tell they're really angry at each other. Sometimes, like, <laughs> yeah, people, they do look pissed. <laughs> people like draw the five of like this is five of candles being the five of wands. So sometimes when people draw like angry people, it doesn't really look angry. It just kind of looks like they're idiots sometimes. But here yeah. it's done really effectively where they are actually angry. You can kind of tell the expression on their faces. They're not just annoyed. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Um. The Ace of Tomes, which is the Ace of Pentacles, has a grimoire on front with like a maze on it with the crystals. And I just really love that picture of like that settling down with your book of magic or just yeah. your journal and just kind of like putting yourself into this one work, whether it's, you know, for self-growth or personal things. And then the Ten of Candles, which is the Ten of Wands, 
those candles, like they're almost kind of like birthday cake candles, almost like on top of the person kind of burning down and the wax <laughs> is coming down. Yeah, it's like really, it feels like really very burdensome. evocative. Yes, like very that much would so. be very painful and kind of yeah, exhausting. Exactly. So those were the cards that I really enjoyed. Like I said, I have not looked a lot at the meanings because it's just really, a, it's a deck Don't that you want to sit with. That. Don't cough to that. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I, I usually like to have the books kind of at least semi-read before, you know, coming to the podcast. But this is one that you, like, I really want to sit with. So, and not, like, yeah. speed read. So. That just makes it seem like we should have waited to review this. We had no time. <laughs> we were like, let's do it now. Okay. So, what are your we favorite cards? We have to rearrange cards? stuff. So, my favorite major arcana is the diviner card. Um, so the diviner card is equivalent to the high priestess. Oh, yes. Right. Yes, yes. I believe so. Yeah. So the reason that I like it is that it is a person standing in front of the cosmos, basically. Mm -hmm. And they're wrapped with all of these sort of like, I don't know, shrouds, like almost like ropey shrouds. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it is first of all, a very visually striking card because it's super yes. beautiful. But I also like that it sort of removes that like feminine mystery component oh, right. of the uh, high priestess mm-hmm. because it just becomes kind of about divination more generally yeah. and the lack of being able to see clearly because there's a blindfold situation happening. I just really think is neat. Yes. 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 I love it's that. It's just a really great card. I also really like the justice card. Just because of the patterns, like, it's just really pretty. Mm-hmm. There's a black figure standing sort of in a field of cream, but there are these sort of almost, like, iconographical circles behind their head and in front of them that just are colors that I love. And so right. there's, like, symbolism and sort of, like, some geometry stuff going on, but it's just a really beautiful card, so I'm super yeah. into that. Um, then I have a lot of the tomes cards that I just super, super, super the tome like too. suit is so like my favorite suit of this whole entire deck. I, like, it's just such a good suit. It's so good. So I guess before that, the three of candles is really cool because it's the three of wands. And I like the traditional three of wands where somebody's sort of overlooking the bay, but the three of candles here feels more like in the ocean, like almost mm-hmm. receiving people back in person rather than being up above it all watching it. And so I kind of like that from a planning perspective too. It sort of like brings a little bit more like interpersonal interaction to it rather Mm -hmm. than having it be sort of removed up on the top of the bluff. Right, right, right. Um, But now tomes, I like so many of the tomes. My favorite tomes are the four, the nine and the 10. Yes. The four is uh, some books kind of locked behind glass almost. So being protected in that way. Mm -hmm. But I just think that it's, I really like how it looks. They're really beautiful books. They're being kept really safe. Um, And I just am into it. The nine of tomes is, I guess we will talk about this. The nine of tomes is interesting. Just only, so it's a beautiful library, which is my primary reason for loving it. There's like greenery. There's all these books. The figure is standing in this library and it just feels really like accomplished and stuff. The only criticism that I have of it is that in fifth spirit tarot, there was a hijabi figure on one of the cards and some 
readers pointed out to the creator of Fifth Spirit that that is not really okay, that Mm -hmm. there's like sort of some discrepancies between Islam and tarot and that having somebody who's so visibly Muslim represented was a little bit wrong, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the creator of Fifth Spirit Tarot took the time to create, sorry, I just bumped my mic, to create an alternative card to remedy that. And in this deck, that doesn't seem to be an issue that people are bringing up. So I do think it's worth noting that like that could be a problematic component of the card. But the card itself, I mean, it's, we don't know. It's just somebody in a headscarf. I know there are a lot of different faith backgrounds that use headscarves. So there's mm-hmm. no reason to, like, say this is definitely an inappropriate depiction of a Muslim person. But right. I do think it's worth noting that if this person is Muslim, then that might be something worth knowing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it's like, I, but I guess that's an interesting point. There's so many different faith backgrounds and I guess, cultural backgrounds that use head coverings. Mm-hmm. So that could 100% be the situation here. Maybe exactly. They're not getting yeah. pushed back about it, but I love the background of the card so much. Yeah. I love that. It's this beautiful sun filled library filled with plants. It's just so great. Right. And as far as this book that goes, the guidebook does not detail the faith background or cultural background. whatsoever. Okay. So Good just you know. kind of making that note. Yes. Cool. Uh, and then the Ted of Tomes I also really like because there it's figures sort of standing, looking out over a library and it just kind of drives home that yeah. emphasis of the tomes and therefore the pentacles being about sort of like accumulation of knowledge and history and mm-hmm. information. And I think that really is driven home through the 10. Yeah, I agree. I love the tomes so much. They're so good. It's so good. And then I also just want to mention the seven of vials because it's like an apothecary and it's a figure staring through this beautiful round window at all of these bottles, these beautiful bottles. And I just really like that for that card. I think that it's visually very cool. Yes, same. Do you have any huh cards? (laughs) No, I don't think I don't think any sort of huh cards. That's a good way to put it instead of what the fuck cards. Any huh cards? No, not not really. uh, Yeah, not really at all. My only huh card is the three of bells, which is the three of swords. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly just because I think that it's like. I know that the three of swords is a hard card Mm -hmm. for a lot of people to illustrate, but I think that the three of bells has taken a lot of the teeth out of the card because it's just three bells. Like it doesn't have any, it doesn't have quite the same level of strength of a lot of depictions of the three of swords. Mm -hmm. So that's my only WTF card is that if you want to be talking about people being like left out of the conversation and representation being so important, then the experience of sorrow could be, I guess expressed in something other than this like very bright yellow card with three bells in it. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, that was the, the, one of the cards that was, I don't want to say disappointing, but it was a surprise to me with all the detail and all the other cards that this card was very just straightforward, I guess. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. All right. So Esther, you are responsible for pulling oh, yes. cards for our relationship with the deck because I think that I gave mine to someone. I cannot if, find if you are that, If you are that someone, please contact Holly so she can make a note of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I sent you my Numinous Tarot, will you just let me know? Thank you. Because 
since we don't, because I usually I'm the keeper, like or the helper keeper of Holly's decks, and I was like, did you give it away, really? But yeah, so. Esther normally keeps pretty good track of what decks I have because her brain works like that <laughs> for some stupid I reason. I, I don't do know. Like, know. has it has no room for English, but plenty of room for all the decks you have. Who knows? <laughs> Very important information, <laughs> Esther. Okay, so I'm going to start with Holly's card from the deck and relationship. It's probably going to be like one of the cards that, like, I'm lost. Like, yeah, <laughs> something. Okay, so Holly's relationship with the deck. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is the Mystic of Vials, the King of Cups. Oh, Ooh, all right. interesting. We'll take that. Okay, and then mm-hmm. my relationship with the deck. You better be nice to me now. You're really nice to Holly. <laughs> Let's see. My relationship with the deck is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't want the two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> is the star. I do love the star Aww, card. It's that's so sweet. pretty. Yeah, the star I card is that. really pretty too. Yay. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, that's our show. Next week, we're talking to Jamie Sawyer, our yeah. love. So Don't forget to send it. We're so excited about that. We can't I'm, wait to I'm talk gonna have to a full Jamie fangirl about... meltdown. Full fangirl meltdown. Don't have a meltdown. <laughs> you gotta I'm, it's going it to happen. Together. It's going to happen. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Okay. Uh, but don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a handy dandy form with which to submit questions. I forgot we were doing an outro, so I've got to pull the outline back up, but usually well, the next thing is, is something that has to do with rating um, and reviewing. Oh yeah. Right. Reviewing because we, but also I was thinking if anyone has any questions for Jamie, you can use oh, yeah. our question submission form for questions for Jamie too. Why not? Totally. Yeah. Might as well. And also tell your friends about us and rate and review us. It helps us grow and we get some bumps on the listens for iTunes and Stitcher and other places. We hear. Yeah. In a world run by algorithms. <laughs> yes. We appreciate your re- positive reviews. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast in all caps on Facebook. Just kidding. You can do it in any case you want. Yes, yes. And we also have a Discord community, so click the link in our show notes to join that, as well as a red bubble shop where we have been selling like hotcakes these certifications. So if yeah, you want certification people are their certifications. I'm here for, the for it. Low, low price of below twenty dollars, you can be Wally Terra certified. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you Yay! so much. We do. Happy spring equinox. Yay! 